Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome, welcome to the show. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those that are confused about mountains, or as we like to say it, Mountain Challenged. Um, and we're here to talk about aquariums and aquarium fish and the aquarium hobby in general. We're going to start today with our shipping report. After that, I'm going to give some uh, an, a report of shipping reports to date for the year, so you get a sense of how we're doing for the year. Um, give you the update on the warehouse. And then we have a cool giveaway provided by Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist Facebook group. Um, in the description, you'll see how to get to them or just go to Facebook. They're giving, they're providing the giveaways for the entire month. So thank you so much to the Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist group on Facebook for doing that. Last week, they gave away a pack of shrimp. This week, they will be giving away a package of plants. And that package will contain all kinds of goodies also listed in the description. Oh, my nose is itchy. That's the worst on a live stream. Ah, sorry. <laughs> well, I guess there's worse things, but itchy nose, not the best. Um, so let's get to the shipping report. Let's start with, again, no problem. So far, we're doing good. The auto sinkless that um, had a, a little lump on it from last week appears to be doing well and thriving. Um, doesn't appear that there's been any change there, so I think that little guy's going to be okay, but we'll keep an eye on it. So that's a month in a row, I believe, without any issues. And I want to put something in perspective. So I know that every week I get up here and I tell you guys any problems we had with, with fish we shipped out, right? It's just something we do here. Um, let me bring up for myself a sheet. I'm going to tell you how we're doing for the year to give you a sense of perspective um, for this. Okay, so we just crossed the $100,000 mark for the year in sales. Uh, actually more if we count, that, that's just on-platform sales. We do about 6% of our sales off-platform. So we've, we've actually done uh, more than 100,000, but let's call it 100,000 for easy math. So um, done about 100,000 in sales so far. And I'm curious if folks wanna guess how many problems there's been this year? And by problems, I mean fish that arrived to customers DOA or what we call DOL, which means later, which means the fish arrived alive, but it didn't look great. And so, you know, within a, a week or whatever, it, it passed away and customer reported that because we count that as well. We don't want the fish just to get to you alive. We want it to thrive for you. So um, I'm curious if folks here have any sense of what that number is, how many fish um, we've lost year to date. Just curious if you have a thought about that. And I will um, tell you here, I'm not gonna you know, sit here and wait for everyone to chime in on that, it's not a quiz show, but I'm gonna tell you exactly what um, has happened. And I, I'm gonna tell you exactly how many of each kind we've had issues with so that um, if anyone is like, wait, I lost a fish that I reported and it's not on that list, they can you know, correct us. But I, I think that we're gonna be uh, right on the money. So here's what we've lost so far in 2022. Two L260s, those are the Queen Arabesque, those hurt. Five Epistos, one Kalitawa, one Corridor C123 Yellow, 
a couple Japan blue gold sword tail guppies, two ocelot plecos, another one that really hurt. Those are the L174s, and they're really rare and hard to get. One sultan pleco, one Cali Timbuni rainbow fish, and 13 corridors elegance. So for the year, so far to date, having done $100,000 um, in sales, that brings our total losses to 28. So I just want to put that in perspective. Um, I know I tend to start off, I start off each week with the shipping report and I tell you about any problems and I bring them front and center and I dwell on them because they bother me. <laughs> and um, so it might give the impression that we have a lot and a lot of problems, but we don't. If you think about it, $100,000 worth of sales, 28 issues that have been reported. That, that's it. So something to keep in the back of your mind is I, uh, you know, every week, if there's a problem, go into, you know, talk about it. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let you guys know what's going on. We, we're trying to be transparent here. That's our goal. We want to be as transparent as possible. And this is, I think, the best way to do that. Literally tell you what happened. And the reason I think people can be confident in our transparency is anyone that's listening or watching can leave a comment right now in the chat and say, well, actually, I lost all these fish and I told you about it and you didn't mention them. In which case, everyone know that, you know, that I've either forgotten or am dishonest. <laughs> One of those two. It would be I've forgotten. But um, that's why we do this. Um, I think that there's a need in this industry for transparency. I think a lot of times, if, well, in general, if you're not being transparent, there's no impetus to do better. There's no impetus to improve. There's no... Um, The things which are driving you and, and taking your attention um, are not the things that are going to help you, you know, do better by the fish and by your customers. So that's why we do it. So I'm pretty proud of that. Um, Hundred thousand dollars worth of sales, almost half a year under our belt, and um, only 28 losses, which I think is great. And it's good for me too to, to know that because, you know, when there is a week when there's losses to report and usually it's like, you know, one, <laughs> if there's any at all, um, but I dwell on them. And so it's good for me to back out, look at the big picture and be like, oh no, we're, we're doing fine, doing, doing just great. Um, and by the way, 13 of those losses was that one batch of Corridor's Elegans that we had trouble with. So imagine if we hadn't had that one batch which was really tricky and funky and hid their problems. We would, that's half of them. Uh, pretty much half of our losses were from one batch of Corridor's. And so let me tell you about that. The folks might know that maybe it's been a month or six weeks ago now. We um, actually, I think I, can t I think I can look it up right here. So are you up here? Yeah. So somewhere around the end of March-ish, um, we shipped a customer 15 Corridors Elegance. We had had those fish for, I think, at least two months. No problems, rock solid. But when they got to the customer, a few of them weren't doing well and passed away shortly after. They developed like 
that, that kind of red haze on the side. Um, and then gradually, the other fish in that batch developed that. And the last I heard, there was only two left out of 15, which is horrible. Horrible, right? Especially for us. We're not used to that. But the batch we had here seemed to be doing fine. So I was like, well, I'm going to see what's going on with these. We're just going to hold them longer, see if we have any problems. Uh, a couple weeks after we sent those, um, not a couple weeks, a little while after we sent those, we had two losses ourselves, which was weird. But they didn't have the red on them or anything like that. It just appeared to be a random thing. So I've sat on those fish since because what I wanted to do was... Um, you know, after a few more weeks went by, if everyone was still rock solid, I wanted to reship to the customer to, um, you know, to, we already refunded them, but I wanted to reship to them so that they could hopefully be successful with the species because they're an awesome species, Corridor's Elegans, and they were looking, they're looking fantastic for us. So what we did was uh, a couple days ago, we did a test shipment here. So we took some of those quarries we put them, we, we treated them as if we were going to ship them, put them in a box here, did the, the entire process, but instead of shipping them out, we just left them here in, in the, uh, the basement overnight and then opened them the following um, afternoon, early afternoon, around noon, I think, as if they had been shipped. So we could see, okay, are, are we having a repeat of the problem? Everyone looks great. We're like, fantastic, we've got this. Um, so we put them back in the tank, and things have been really busy around here, so I haven't been able to do it yet, but I had planned to reach out to that customer and say, hey, we did a test shipment, everything looks good. But lo and behold, we just had a few deaths um, in that batch. So it appears that whatever they got is something that does not manifest at all here while they're in the tank. They look great. But the moment they go through the stress of shipping or being packaged as if they were going to be shipped, that stress somehow is enough that whatever they do have, because they obviously have something, um, can take hold and run rampant and, you know, start affecting the fish. So unfortunately, and I have to reach out to this customer um, and let them know this if they're not watching. Well, even if they are, I'll just reach out to them and let them know, hey, we they looked great. They've been great for weeks. So we were going to send them to you, but we decided to do a test first. We ran the test. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to ship those fish because it looks like for some weird reason, every time we ship them, they develop a problem. And it's doubly weird because until that problem, we actually shipped several from that batch, and they did great for everyone. We have, we've had no reports from anyone up until that moment, um, at the end of March, that anything was wrong, and we shipped out lots of them. So this one's a mystery to me. I don't know what it is. Um, no one I've been able to talk to knows what it is. So it's just one that we're not going to be able to ship. So we're going to chalk that up as in, well these aren't going to be shipped <laughs> and move on from there. So that is the one batch that has been just a head scratcher. So if it wasn't for that one odd scenario, think about it. We would be at, um, do, 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 you know, about half of the 28, which would be great. 
So anyway, that's what's going on. That's a big picture of what's going on as far as uh, shipping success um, for the year to date. So I'm pretty happy with that. I, I hate any losses, but I would say if we do $100,000 worth of sales and have 28 losses, that we're doing something right. That's, that's a pretty humane operation in my book. So happy with that. Okay, so that's the shipment report for the week and for the year to date. Um, before I get to Iowa um, Aquatic Hobbyists and the giveaway, just one thing that's going on in my life on the sidelines. Those that might know me from before, you know that I've been involved in the entertainment industry for most of my professional uh, years. For most of that's what I've done as a career, and um, this is going on right now. If you happen to be close to Off-Broadway. Um, this is a, a musical that I helped develop that is right now playing um, Off-Broadway in New York and plans to go to New York later this year. It's called Romeo and Bernadette. It's hilarious. It's great for the whole family, but it's not something that you're, you know, your kids can enjoy it, but so can you. It's a pretty cool show. So anyway, that's my plug for that. I'll get right back to fish. I don't want to get lost on that, but I left a link below. If anyone here is um, in New York or the surrounding area or going to be for the next few weeks uh, and you're looking for something to do, check that out. And let me know if you like it. Curious what your thoughts will be. Um, now let's get to the giveaway. Oh no, we have to do the warehouse update. The warehouse update, unfortunately, is that there is no update. We're still waiting for parts. Um, Hopefully by the end of this week, we'll have received everything and can get going. But the window will be anywhere from now um, until anywhere from now until the twentieth. It could be that long before we get the parts, according to what the supplier. The, it's actually the manufacturer. So the pieces that are holding us up is um, we're building an air removal system for our water. And there's these big bell um, reducers. They go from 18 inches to 6 inches. And that's a very unusual piece of pipe and very unusual reduction size in a bell configuration. And so the PVC manufacturer has to actually manufacture those pieces for us custom. They're not an off-the-shelf thing. No one keeps stock of these. And so... That's what we're waiting on. Um, and they've told us by the end of this week or the end of next week, we should have those. So that's all. That's what we're waiting on. Just these, uh, we're doing a pretty custom thing. They don't really sell units like the air reducer we've designed and are building. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's custom work in an industry that is already way behind and way taxed. Anyone that's worked with PVC for the last year or so, but even more since the big freeze in Texas recently, which affected the PVC plant there, um, you know what I'm talking about. PVC is hard to get right now. So anyway, they, they assure us that they're doing everything they can, and we've done everything we can. So that's one of those things where you know, if it's out of your control, take a deep breath and go work on things that are in your control <laughs> and check in every now and then because you can't sleep because you really want it to get done. <laughs> so that's the update on the warehouse. Um, still just waiting for the parts we need to complete it. 
Now with that, let's get to the giveaway. So the giveaway for tonight is a plant package. The, the list of plants that will be in the pack are in the description. It's a wide range from floating water lettuce all the way to some like stem plant type things and lots of different plants to choose from. And that is provided by our friends over at Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist on Facebook, um, a group that is active and nice, which is what I look for in a Facebook group. So they had 10 posts just today, which is pretty good. It's not one of these Facebook groups you'll join and then it's crickets. And, um, and if you, you browse their content, you'll see that it's, uh, it's, you know, people seem to be kind of taking care of each other and not getting lost in, uh, in all the negativity that can so easily infect a Facebook group. So for that re reason, I think it's a, a cool group. Well, the other reason is they're generously supplying um, all the giveaway items for the entire month of May. So good on them. Thanks to them for that. Um, as far as plants go, I myself am not an expert on plants. I know next to nothing. So if you have any specific questions about the plants that are listed in the description of this live stream, feel free to list it in chat. There's a lot of people in here that know much more about plants than I do. And um, some folks from the group are probably here. In fact, the person providing those plants might be here, in which case you might get an answer directly from them. So um, that's how we'll work that because I don't know next to nothing about plants. So, hey, Punchy Paints, are you going live next? Um, if so, let me know so I can shout that out. So with that, I think that's pretty much um, what's going on in my neck of the woods. Let's find out what's going on with you guys. But first, I want to thank my moderators for being here and doing what they do um, and making this stream work. I really appreciate the mods uh, showing up every week and, and making this thing smooth. Couldn't do without them. So if you have a question or comment for me, please list it at Dan's Fish, and I'll get to it, and we'll have a, a little chat right now. Now, I know I've missed some chats and some super chats, so let me scroll up here um, and uh, see what I missed. Orange Cone says, I used to live just east of the Appalachian Mountains at Dan's Fish. You mean the Appalachians Hills? Orange Cones, to me, those are hills. <laughs> How high, are, okay, Appalachian Mountains. Let's see, how high are these things? And when we're coming off the, you know, the plains of the Carolinas, they probably seem high. Elevation. What's their elevation? 6,684 feet is the, the highest peak of the Appalachian Mountains. Okay, okay, to me that's a hill. <laughs> the mountains in my backyard. How high are these? The mountains in my backyard are uh, over 13,000 feet in elevation. And I grew up at the base of the Sierra Nevadas. And that is 14 thousand five hundred did I say square feet <laughs> fourteen thousand five hundred feet in elevation and then the Rocky Mountains anyway you get the point to me to me the Appalachians are hills not mountains it's all it's all perspective I know 
What is the volume of fish in sales? Ask Orange Cones. I don't have that figure in front of me right now, Orange Cones. I'd have to look that up. Kelly Foreman, 22, 22, tiny axle rod eye. Oh, 22 of 22 tiny axle rod eye Razaboras looking fantastic. I like them so much I had to order more. Oh, they are cool. And in a large group, they're extra cool, right? You get all that bling from the neon blue on them. Glad to hear it, Kelly Foreman. Thank you so much for the super chat. Always appreciated, never required, but it does make my wife super happy when folks throw money at us. Joystick Jockey, have you ever kept figure eight puffers before? If so, what are your thoughts? Yes, I've kept them. And I think Amazon puffers and Shodenai puffers, the uh, Spotted Congo puffers, are much better options. Now, that's because I tend to like keeping puffers that are fairly peaceful and that can be kept in fresh water. So... I think figure eight puffers are cool. I like green spotted puffers. Like I like them all, but I personally wouldn't want to do the have to do the work of brackish water. And also, um, they, they're they're very aggressive. Figure eights and green spotted and the others. So I like to stick with the more peaceful guys. So those are my thoughts. There's nothing wrong with the figure eight though. If you want to do a brackish water tank, and and have a single kind of wet pet in it. And I think figure eights would probably be fine for you. Skippers Aquariums, there was one black Venezuelan that I ordered. Okay, so I have forgotten one. One did not make it on that list. Thank you for letting us know, Skippers. I appreciate that. So it's 29, folks, not 28. Black Ven Cory. Now that you say that, I do remember that. But I forgot, I must not have put it on the list. So, sorry about that. Thanks for calling me out. Um, Bex Fish Room, throwing down a super chat. Thanks, Bex. Appreciate it. And I'm enjoying your content, by the way. Um, Chili Rasboras are doing fantastic, Dan. Thanks again. Love them so much. Not a single loss. That's, that's how we like it. That's how we like it. Glad to hear that, Bex. And are your pygmy Cory still doing well? Um, did you get any babies? How are those guys doing? Luigi is better. Do you think chili rasboras would bother clown killifish like nip at their fins? No, I think that would be a match made in heaven. Um, I think chili rasboras and clown killies would be fantastic together. No concerns. Throw some pygmy quarries on the bottom, and you have, like, an amazing tank. You have your bottom covered with a great school of little miniature quarries. You have the chili rasboras hanging out in the middle, and the clown killies generally towards the top. So I think that sounds awesome. Xanadudu, I never lost a dance fish fish. I bought lots of them, always super healthy, and probably the best shipping process. Thanks, Xanadu, I'm glad to hear that. Now, that always makes me nervous, because just statistically, at some point, there will be a loss. So it's like, where's some wood? I need to knock on some wood. Don't jinx it, Xanadu. <laughs> but um, I'm glad to hear that's the case. Uh, just the reality is, at some point, something's going to happen. It's just statistics is it's how numbers shake out but i'm glad to hear that so far everything's going well and you know it's funny there's when i think about it um most of the problems we have and i realize it's a pretty small sample size 29 but they tend to stack up like like for some reason it tends to be like if someone does have an issue with some of our fish, then it's like, okay, 
we send them a different order. Oh, there's another issue, and a different order. Oh, there's another issue, and then it kind of goes away. But it's it's I don't under I can't understand it because completely different species and all that. But it does seem that um, problems stack in particular little places. <laughs> so glad to hear they haven't appeared in your neck of the woods yet. That's good. Good to hear. Oh shoot, chat jumped big time, so I've got to scroll here. I know I missed some super chats. Um, I just gleeked accidentally. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I see only Oscars in Curl Kitty. Um, and I saw Bex before. Stephen P., thanks. I'll get to all those, but hang on. I want to see if I can... Can I see the others? Oh, man. If I miss your super chat, I'm so sorry. If you're not only Oscars, Bex, Curl Kitty, or Stephen P., and I missed it, I apologize. Um... But thank you. I saw that some did flash up before, but they did not end up here where they're supposed to in my uh, in my super chat list. So I can't see them. But I want to thank you for that. I always feel bad when people throw money at us and we don't even you know acknowledge their comment or say thank you. Only Oscars. When are you going to stock Oscars? Oh, you're probably not going to like the answer. I doubt we ever will. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to. First of all, they get bigger than anything I want to sell. I, I don't plan on selling any fish that get of, of size. And then second is, where can't you find an Oscar? Like, it's a fish that you can get pretty much anywhere. Now, if they stayed small and were like super peaceful or something, like uh, Bolivian rams or whatever, um, I'd probably bring them in. But they get... I don't really want to keep sell fish. I don't want to sell fish that, let's say we couldn't sell them for some weird reason, and a year later they've grown to their full size. I don't want to sell fish that we can't keep long term here if we needed to. Now, I do make a few exceptions. Right now, we're selling some Blackberry Silver Dollars. Um, but the reason I brought those in is because there's folks that want them and want healthy ones and it's hard to find really good blackberry silver dollars but I have a great source for them so I have brought those in because the demand's there and people request them um, but that's about it that's about it in fact every now and then it happened this week every now and then um, the suppliers will screw up and send us a fish we didn't order and this week, we got like a, a big 14-inch fish that we didn't know is bigger. Maybe 18-inch fish that we did not order. It was like, great, what are we doing with this thing? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, I try to be, I try to not sell fish that uh, either I won't be able to move because they're so available and there's so many people already selling them. Or sometimes I will carry those, but or get so get big enough that they're not gonna. Uh, yeah, I just don't do big fish. Punchy Paints is streaming tonight at nine. All right, great. So Punchy's Paints is going at nine o'clock. If you want more fishy goodness after us. Oh, I forgot the hashtag. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Skipper's Aquariums, for letting me know. So the hashtag, if you want to win the plants that are so generously being provided by Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist, is thanks I-A-H. 
hashtag thanksiah. That stands for Thanks Iowa Aquatic Hobbyists. Um, no capitals. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, no spaces and caps don't matter. And chat is about to jump big time since I said that. And so I might lose some more comments and questions because it's going to jump really bad on me. So sorry in advance if that happens. I'll do my best to get some of these. John Keith Gardner, would Cory Cats be okay tank mates for Amazon puffers? I'm looking for good bottom feeders to go with them, and I'm still on the screen, aren't I? Here we go. Um, I don't think so. The reason is, is Amazon puffers are not true molluscivores. Um, in fact, only 25% of their diet in the wild is snails. They're insectivores. 68%, I believe it is, of their diet in the wild is insects. Um, almost 50% of that is mayfly larvae. So, you know, if you're a fly fisherman, you know what I'm talking about. But most of it is insect larvae. Almost 50% is mayfly larvae. And then the other roughly 18% is the larvae of other insects, uh, aquatic insects. But... 8% of their diet is fish scales. So they will go around and nip the scales off fish. And the fish they're doing that on most likely are slower bottom dwelling fish. These guys are kind of grazing on the bottom surfaces looking for mayfly larvae and some snails. 25% of their diet is snails. And while they're down there, if they happen to see a catfish sitting there or, or something hanging out on the bottom, they'll go and they'll, they'll nip the scales off it and eat the scales. So corridors are particularly um, at risk, I would say, in an Amazon puffer tank. That being said, I'm sure there are people here that have kept Amazon puffer successfully with corridors. So can it be done? Probably. I just have a plan B ready. I think ideally if you're keeping other species with, with Amazon puffers, and I've seen it done. Um, I have a friend that lived here local to me and uh, had a 125-gallon aquarium, I think, with Amazon puffers in it along with a Pistos and some Tetras and some Rasboras and, you know, it was a community tank and they did fine. But I think ideally the fish that are housed with Amazon puffers should be fish that don't like to just sit on the bottom and kind of not move much. And quarries will do that. Yeah, they'll graze around and stuff, but for large amounts of their time, they'll, they'll graze around and then they'll kind of go and they'll, they'll find a spot and they'll just chill and they'll hang out there for a while, right? And then, I don't know, five minutes go by or whatever, and then they'll go gra graze around and browse around again. So during their chill time, I think they would be prone to getting nipped. So I would look for something else, a good bottom dweller with an Amazon puffer, um, something active enough that it's not going to be easy for the Amazon puffers to be like, hey, there's a fish just sitting there. Let's go nip at it. I'm not sure off the top of my head what that would be, a, a bottom, an active bottom dweller like that, but I'm sure they're out there. But always with Amazon puffers in community aquariums, I would have a plan B. The best tank mates for Amazon puffers are other Amazon puffers. Um, they, they're one of those fish that they do poorly when there's not enough of them together. Um, I've, I've learned a lot about them recently. And 
Um, they're a very gregarious shoaling fish. They don't... I, I don't know if I've observed this, so I'm hesitant to say it, but the literature says that they're not going to do well singly. They want to be in groups. And when I keep them in groups, I have good behavior. There's not much glass surfing or anything like that. There's, um, They do really well together. So I would say the best thing for Amazon puffers would probably be to get more Amazon puffers as much and fill the bio load of that tank with just Amazon puffers. That being said, they can go in community tanks. I've seen it done successfully long term. Pardon me, my lips are getting dry. Okay, gonna scroll here and try not to jump the chat. Jeff's Aquatics, hey Dan, how many new L numbers could we expect at the new warehouse? Um, my guess would be something about like first wave within the first few months of opening, somewhere between, I'm gonna say 40 to 60 different species of, of L number plecos, something like that. That's what I would be shooting for. Like I, I plan on all the tanks on the bottom row. I plan to put Corys, Plecos, um, Gobies, stuff that hangs out more towards the bottom, right? Because when they're on the bottom, they're easier to see if they're actually on the bottom. <laughs> you don't want to put a top dwelling fish in the bottom tank because then you can't see it, like unless you really get down there. So. The plan is to try to have all the levels, um, fish for all levels of the aquarium available. There's lots of fish for the bottom, there's lots for the midwater. The toughy is the top. There's not that many kinds of fish available that really like to just stay at the top. So we'll, we'll do what we can there, but we do plan to get lots of different um, plecos in for sure. Krill Kitty 08. I was thinking of getting African butterfly fish when you restock. Will a 75 be large enough for two or three? Oh yeah, a 75 would be large enough for like a dozen. Yeah. They, I, I don't think you could, I don't think you have to, they, they only get three, four inches. And I've had large groups in specifically 75 gallons long-term without problems. They seem to do really well together. Now that being said, I have tons of floating plants. There's a lot of water sprite and stuff. Like half the tank is just choked with water sprite with long roots and things. So everyone can find their little spot and hang out, right? Um, I'm not sure how they would do in a more bare tank, but lots of cover, 75 gallon, a dozen or more long-term shouldn't be a problem. So I like to keep with them, I like to keep something on the bottom because um, they won't eat anything that falls past the top. They won't go down more than just a little bit to get food generally. And so if you're feeding them food and then it eventually sinks, you want something on the bottom to kind of clean up after them. Cruel Kitty 8 thank you so much for the super chat. I can't read the comment, but I do see the super cute sticker of the fox cat going. So thanks. Stephen P. 2003 Aquatics. Thanks for the super chat and the super pair. <laughs> the super pair will not be denied. Always appreciated, my friends. Never required. But we're a little startup, and it does help every time money falls out of the computer screen to help keep our little business going, the little engine that could going. RE77, six orange Venezuelan quarries are not on the list. Okay, I missed a lot. Six orange Ven quarry. Now let me just double check the list. Let me see. I want to make sure I didn't just miss something on the list. 
Bear with me just a moment. Nope, I did not have them on there. Okay, thanks for letting me know. I appreciate that. I was hoping they were on there and I just like, you know, in show mode with the camera on, like jumped and forgot it in my brain, but I didn't do that. And I read now that you say that, I remember that as well. Sharon Miller, what is the drawing word? Thanks, I-A-H. You probably left that before we said that, so I get it. Oh, man, chat, it just did it. I was trying to keep the chat from jumping by, like, scrolling sneakily, but it jumped. So if you left a question or comment before we um, mentioned, announced the hashtag to enter the giveaway for tonight, um, and I did not already respond to it, that means I'm not going to be able to because chat jumped. So... If you wouldn't mind leaving it again, that would be great. Okay, I'm scrolling down here. Ira Nelson, other than floating plants, what other enrichment can you try for my African butterfly? If you're talking about African... So it always gets confusing because there's the African butterfly fish, which is the, the, the pantadon one um, with the big ventral extensions on the ventral fins and all that, that surface dweller. And then there's the African butterfly cichlids. But honestly, other than, I, I would say floating plants and fruit flies, or if you can't raise fruit flies, crickets, things like that. They love chasing insects. That's that's their natural jam. That's, that's what they do in nature. They sit there and they wait for insects and then go grab them. That's their main diet. So feeding them something like that would be amazing fun for them. Greg Van Fleet, any new rainbows coming soon? Yes, as soon as we get in the warehouse, there's a big order of plecos and rainbows and uh, really neat gobies and other stuff that, that we plan to bring in. Absolutely. I'd really like to get some more of those Kalitawa, but lots of other species as well. All right. Skippers Aquariums, if you have a question, type at Dan's Fish so it highlights for him. So what's our new total for the year? Our total for the year is actually, it was 29, it's 35, not 28. You're at 35. All right, thanks for setting me straight, guys. I do appreciate that. I was disappointing. <laughs> I was like, darn it. <laughs> but it's still really good. Um, if you consider the amount we've sent, it's still really, really good. Hannah D, would the mini snowball plecos do well in very hard water? Also, are they nocturnal? Yes, they are nocturnal. They are nocturnal. Um, I don't know of any pleco that isn't. The wood-eating plecos tend to be maybe a little less, not not all of them, but um, the, is it L92? Oh, what's this one? They're literally a wood-eater. Um, is it L92? I'm not going to spend too much time on this because, yeah, I think it is. Planet Catfish. Yep. So this guy right here, the L92, this is the only Pleco I've ever had, besides maybe Ancestress that get very accustomed to you, that is out regularly during the day, even as a fresh new arrival to the fish room. And these, uh, there's a lot of plecos that, that eat wood, 
But supposedly, from what I've read, let's see, this is the only true wood-eating fish in the world. Oh, of that genus, not, okay, yeah, because we're, I mean, that, that was confusing to me, because I'm like, what about Panoxin things? No, it's the only of that Lazi ancestrous genus that's primarily a, a, a xylophage, meaning wood eater. Um, yeah, okay, because I'm a clown plecos eat wood, you know, Panox eat wood, so I was confused when I read that. There was another site I read that on that made it seem like that was the only species in the world that ate wood, and I was like, yeah, I don't think so. But anyway, um, the L92, the wood-eating pleco, they, uh, they're out quite a bit. But besides that, I've never seen, and they're more active at night, but they're just out quite a bit in the, during the day, too. Um, I think almost all plecos are nocturnal. Besides that woody-new one, I've never encountered one that was out much in the daytime. Besides, again, like a bushy nose or just a really hungry pleco. <laughs> they do learn when feeding time is, and they will come out for that. Uh, Patricia Klopel, are you at the new warehouse at this moment? No, we are not yet. There's, we, there's a big piece of equipment that we have to get built and installed to remove microbubbles before we can uh, get operational at the new warehouse. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, hey, good to see ya. I view any puffer tank mates as at the discretion of the puffers. Good way to put it. I've been surprised by some roommates they allow. Fast midwater movers, barbs, daniels, etc. have been the best for my tanks. Yeah, that makes sense because they can't be caught. <laughs> makes sense to me. I was, I was trying to think of some mountaintop puffer keeper that would specifically be a, a bottom fish. Um, since the, the question was about quarries and bottom fish, and I can't really think of a true bottom dweller that would fit the bill, you know, more than others. It's quicker, and um, yeah, I'm sure there's one out there, but can't think of it. Dave's Aquarium Thoughts. I got my coral red pencils in nice and healthy, doing good with my pistols. Awesome, Dave. I'm glad to hear it. Um, it's great to hear us. Especially those fish. They're so special. They're so pretty. If they haven't colored up for you yet, just, just wait a couple days. It shouldn't take long. And they'll they'll be so pretty for you. Alright. Samuel Joseph Fernald. Question. Are there any countries that you would like to import fish from that you haven't before? I believe China is allowing international export of stock at the end of May. Um, the one... That I mean, that I would really like to do right now. I had a supplier in the DRC, the De Democratic Republic of Congo, and they're out of business. COVID put them out of business, so I no longer have a supplier in the Congo. That's a place I really desperately want to find a good supplier. Um, I am in talks with a supplier from the Congo that I haven't used before, but I would like to explore more options. So. Not because there's anything wrong with them, but I, I like to explore all the options I can before I make a decision, right? So um, the Congo right now is the challenge. That's the one where I'm like, because there's so many amazing, amazing nanochromous-type cichlids, um, really neat tetras, um, killifish, such neat fish in that region, and 
they've been really hard to get just because of all the political instability and, and issues that, have, that 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 nation's been going through, you know, for a while now. So, um, but I, I would like to find a supply from there. I, I've brought fish in from China before. Um, there's some other West African nations too, though, like uh, really any West African nation. Um, Nigeria, there's there's pretty steady sources from there, but anywhere north or just south of there along the coast would be would be great too, because there's all kinds of neat fish available there that well that are there, but just are not available for us. Africa in general is such a um, a rich diversification of fish. It's such a big continent with so many different environments and. Uh, types of habitat and things there's there's amazing stuff there but the infrastructure is not in place to really bring in much from there it's pretty much nigeria or the rift lakes and that's not much there's a lot in between there that that would be nice to be able to have a supply for alexandra henry tank mates for rtc Hmm. Alexandra, right now my brain can't process what RTC is. I'm sure I know. Oh, jeez. It's going to kill me when it's like so obvious later. Right now my brain can't remember what RTC means, so I'll need you to spell it out for me. Ira Nelson, not the cichlid. Okay, yeah. Yeah. In that case, what was the question there, Ira? Um, oh, yeah. For enrichment for the surface-dwelling uh, pantadon butterfly fish, I would say... Uh, insects. Orange cones, my school or shoal of chili raspberries are so bold, hanging out as a group and exploring their 20 gallon long planted tank will not even dart away as people walk by. Awesome. Glad to hear that. It's nice when they're well socialized and you can actually see the fish, right? <laughs> That's the best. We do tend to like to see our fish, but they don't always like us watching them. <laughs> Glad to hear they're out and about for you. You're doing something right. That's good. Um, so John Snow Radio asked, Skipper's Aquariums is telling me this, that Dan plans for more hatchet fish. I missed the last batch and want healthy ones from you. Yes, um, we just sold out of, well, we sold out a while ago. We just shipped out the last of our marble hatchets today. Um, yeah, I plan to keep them in stock. I'd like to keep pygmy hatchets, marble hatchets, um, silver hatchets at least in stock, more or less. I mean, they'll come and go with availability, though. So, there's rainy season coming, and when the rainy season comes to the Amazon area, it makes lots of fish inaccessible for collecting. Um, a lot of these fish, we have to go by the dictates of Mother Nature, and there's some seasonality there. So, you know, we're not going to keep everything all the time. But as things are available, yeah, I'd like to keep a few kinds of hatchet fish as much as possible. Curl Kitty, maybe Coolie Loaches for Puffer Friend. It could work, although I, I'm afraid the Puffer might see a, a Coolie Loach as a worm. And go explore. Like a, a big, full-grown Amazon Puffer is at the 3 to 4 inch mark. Uh, a, uh, a Coolie Loach just might um, be seen as like a, a spaghetti noodle. Oh, Hannah asks, sorry I missed this. With the mini snowball plecos, I got caught up on are they nocturnal? Do they do well in very hard water? Sure, absolutely. 
Yep, they will do just fine in hard water. I have yet to find a blackwater species that does not do well in hard water provided you're not planning on breeding it. Now that being said, the Rio Jingu is not a blackwater river. Um, what's the water chemistry of the Rio Jingu? I, I'd have to look, but if I remember right, big caveat, I'm going off memory here, but if I remember right, the Rio Jingu is not like the Rio Negro. It's not a super soft acidic blackwater environment. Um, so a lot of the hypencistrus and things are going to be fine in hard water. I mean, don't even come from soft acidic water in nature. So the Amazon, oh, where is it? Let me show you this. Laura Caraday Info. This is a great website. Look at this pH map. All of these colors, all over South and one in Central America here, represent different pHs all across that area. So we always think of the Amazon area, well we think of this whole area as the Amazon, right? It's not. The Amazon is here in its basin, but there's several other large rivers that, um, that flow in this area too that are not the Amazon. But anyway, this big kind of rainforest mostly rainforest type area that we think of as the Amazon. Look at it. Look at all those different colors. Those are all vastly different pHs of the waters there. So it would be a big mistake to think of the Amazon or its basin or that whole area, um, South America in general, tropical South America, as one thing, as just soft um, acidic water. It's not. There's so many varied habitats and geological features and substrates and things that affect the chemistry of the water. You can find many different water chemistries throughout that area. I'm scrolling here to find, uh, oh yeah, here we go. Oh, nope. Scroll through the chat looking for... Here we go. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. I wonder if something somewhat armored and nocturnal might work with those diunal puffers. Banjo cats, etc. See, I agree. I think that that could work except for... What if they aren't completely hidden where the puffers can't get to them? Like, if they're in, like wedged down in some wood really far or something during the day where a puffer can't get in and, and nip at them, they'll probably be okay. But I have a feeling tails will be sticking out and for the first week or so until the um, catfish learns its environment, it's not going to know where to go. It's going to be out and exposed and kind of just sitting on the bottom a lot. So I, I hear where you're going and I, I thought of that too. Um, think though it'd be hard to find a case where a banjo cat or a pleco of some sort is is never exposed to the puffer during the day and since they're slow moving and like to kind of sit around um, I think that they could get nipped pretty well I could be wrong I haven't tried it I'm not saying you're wrong I'm just saying 
That's that's my thoughts about it. That that's what I wonder if that would happen. Rosie, I have one gold ram and a twenty-nine community. Would it be okay to add two Bolivian rams or stick with gold rams? Thank you. They're the same fish. One happens to be gold. One happens to not be gold. Same species. It's like it's like the difference between a chocolate lab, a yellow lab, and a black lab. You know, same dog, just different colors. So. You can keep as many um, Microgeophagus ramirezi together of different colors as, as you want. They'll get along as if they're the same fish because they are. Oh, pardon me. Got to wet my whistle. All right. Oh, chat jumped again. Man, chat's moving tonight. There's 209 of us here. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks for joining in on your Wednesday. Hope you're having a good time. If you wouldn't mind shouting out to all your ex-lovers and have them get them in here, too. We could grow this thing. That'd be great. See, I would say grandmas, but Coria de Aquarium Co-op already has, you know, has a, I don't know. It's not a copyright, but a trademark <laughs> of going to get your grandma to join. So I had to go with something else. I, I figured exes would be a good one. Go call your exes. I know you get along. You're still friends, right? <laughs> Invite them on in. It'll be a good time. Get all these exes in the chat. <laughs> Talk about nice, peaceful, quiet. <laughs> Alexandra Henry, red-tailed catfish. Oh. What was your question about that? See, uh, see, the problem might be, Alexandra, that now I know what you meant by RTC, but I doubt, since ch chat has moved so far since your last comment, aha, you, I can see it. Often I can't, so, um, but I can. It says, tank mates for red-tailed catfish. I know nothing about red-tailed catfish, so I can't give you a good answer. Um... Maybe other large catfish, maybe a ripsaw catfish, maybe... Basically, if you're going to have tank mates with a red-tailed catfish, you're going to need, like, a massive pond. There's only been once in my life when I've seen giant red-tailed catfishes and ripsaw cats and maybe goonch, you know, things like that. Real big, big catfish kept properly. And it was... Uh, and I can't remember if there's a red tail in there specifically or not, but big... It was shout out to Rich Brierly up in the Sacramento area. Has a big barn. And uh, I have a video of this somewhere on on the YouTube channel. Although I don't know if I took video of the, the pond I'm about to talk about. Because I was having so much fun playing with the catfish that I don't know if I remember to take video. But he's got this big pond. The entire length, it's like a massive big fruit vat that's made of fiberglass that a semi-truck would fill with like tomatoes to haul fruit somewhere. It's huge. It takes up the entire wall pretty much of a barn and and then comes out like, I don't know if it's 30 feet or 25 feet or something from the wall. This thing is big. And it's just the right height that it comes up to about my chest, right? And, uh, and there were all these big old monster fish in there. I remember a rip saw. Uh, I think I had that right, in particular. And they were so fun. They would come up and beg for food, and their their feelers, which are on a big cat like that, are like, you know, big, sturdy things, 
would come up and like be hitting you, being like, where's the food? Where's the food? They'd be feeling around you. They'd feel on your arms looking for the food. Like they were super fun and personable. Barring a situation like that, I think most people should not have um, tank mates for their red-tailed catfish because the odds that they're even providing enough water volume for the red-tailed catfish alone are slim. Those suckers get huge. So that's my thoughts on Alexander, and I, I don't know anything about a proper tank mate. Just realize that sucker's going to get big enough to eat your leg off and will need a suitably large habitat. And I think that's a challenge enough for most people. Um, but if you do end up with a big, big one, then I would say some really large cichlids. There were some big cichlids in that pond too. Um, and other really large catfish might be, might be good tank mates. Um, but I, I don't know much about it. I'm not a monster fish guy. Ira Nelson, would getting my African butterfly fish a female friend be good for his happiness? <laughs> of course. <laughs> or will that end badly? He gets live crickets um, and freeze-dried mealworms, but sometimes loses his color like he's sad. So they're not actually, I would not say that African butterfly fish are a fish that needs to be social. They're also not a fish that is antisocial or super aggressive. Now, what I don't know is this. I know I can keep large numbers of African butterfly fish, um, Pantadon, um, in a tank together without any problems. But I've never tried a situation where I had one in a tank by itself for a long time, it got all established and everything, and then I added another one to it. I have no idea if they would get territorial because they've been there, they've already claimed the tank is their territory, and then you add another one, would there be aggression? I don't know the answer to that. I doubt it. I don't think that they're wired like that. Um, they seem to be fairly in fairly cl close proximity to each other in the wild, if I remember correctly. But I don't know the answer to that, Ira. I've never tried that scenario where adding a new one to an already established one. That can sometimes be an issue in fish that would surprise you. So that's what I'd watch out for. Scotty the Fish Freak, what types of killies have you gotten or want to get? Well, I've gotten lots. I've, I don't know how many species of killies I've bred and raised over the years. I have no idea. Um, more than 50, less than 200. <laughs> I don't remember them all. Um, what do I want to get? There's so many. There's... There's so many. But Fundulopanchax uh, Delta Ensis is one I'd like to get. Fundulopanchax um, Meadi is one I'd like to get. Um, Blue Galeris would be fantastic. I really like Fundulopanchax, in case you can't tell. But I like a lot of the Aphiosimians. I like a lot of the Lampeyes. Um, I like a lot of the Epiplates. I, I just like killifish. So show me a killifish. I want to get it. That's pretty much what it comes down to. They're my true passion. I've never met a killifish I didn't like. And if anyone out there breeds killifish in any kind of numbers, like 25 pairs or more, um, I would love to find a source of killifish from a hobbyist that I could buy. Um, I can pay 25% of the retail cost shipped. That's what I pay. So if they're sold for 20 bucks a pair, I can buy them from you. For five bucks a pair, that has to include shipping to me. So if that makes sense to you in volume, 
then I would love to do business with you. If it doesn't, I get it. Uh, most killifish breeders only raise a few of each species, and they can readily sell them, you know, at the at the market rate because uh, there's more demand than supply. But if there's someone out there that's actually really cranking out the numbers, um, man, I I'd love to do that. I wish I wish that Steve and Chris Butcher were still supplying wholesalers uh, like they used to. That would be awesome. Um. But since they stopped, I, I don't know of anyone else that is. Okay. Freshwater dreaming. Are those orange, red, and yellow rose lines behind you? If so, are you selling them? Yes, these are the gold rose line barbs or gold denison barbs or gold... <laughs> Pick your name. There's so many common names for that. The species is Sayadra denisoni. Um, it's the gold morph of that. And I, I just sold out... But I have another group coming up. Basically, the ones that... So I got a good batch in, and the ones that are the smallest ones from that batch, I just want to take a, another week or two and make sure they get a little size on them and stuff and, and are nice and plump before I list them again. But I should be listing them again in another week or two. I should have another group available. Um, before you buy that fish, do yourself a favor... Go to dancefish.com, scroll down here, click view previous newsletters, and read the article we wrote about that fish. It's right here. Um, it's the December article, and it's we have this big article on them that talks about some things specific to that strain that I think you should be aware of before making a decision as to whether you should purchase them or not. So check that out. Chance Larson. Whoa, very cool. Thanks for the pH map. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a homogenous region. It's it's very diverse. Rick May. Hey, Rick. Good to see you. Mind lurking the linking the URL for the pH map of the Amazon? Sure. Um, it's info. So let's just go to the homepage. I'll just link the homepage to lorecaraday.info. And to get to the pH map, you just click here at pH map on that website. It takes you right there. They also have an amazing list of species with lots of descriptions for um, many, many different species. And... Yeah, it's just an awesome, informative website from a true Pleco geek. Um, so like like this, for example. 173s, it'll tell you a lot of good information about them um, to get you started. And good pictures. Lots of good pictures. So anyway, that's info. I believe the gentleman's in Norway that runs that. Joseph Morshimer, good to see you, Joseph. Hope you're doing well. I have a 20 long with at least six coolie loaches, six pea puffers, and three or four red lizards or dragon pleco cats. I have a 20 long with six coolie loaches, six pea puffers, three or four red lizards. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, I'm glad it's going well for you. Um, we were specifically talking, though, about the, the Amazon puffers, not the pea puffers. So they have quite a bit bigger mouth, and uh, they eat fish scales 
naturally. Pea puffers, I have not seen an analysis on the natural diet of pea puffers. I'm not saying it's not out there, but um, I'm working on an article on the Amazon puffers right now. So I've been doing lots of research and reading a lot of like peer-reviewed scientific uh, articles on them. And in one of them, they did a, a gut study um, a couple different times a year. They go out and sample the fish and, and study their gut contents. And so that's how I know the Amazon puffers specifically eat a fair number of fish scales in their natural diet. Um, but I don't know about pea puffers. But hey, if it's working for you, it's working. I mean, have a plan B. <laughs> but if it's working, it's working. Something else that's interesting about the Amazon puffers, 25% of their diet is snails, but only in the largest ones, the big adults. In juveniles, um, it's only like 6%. Basically, they don't have a big enough, strong enough beak until they really grow large to be able to handle much of a snail. So if you're feeding your, your um, I'm talking about Amazon puffers now. Sorry, I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> so if you're trying to feed your Amazon puffer snails, it would probably be wise to crush the shell before you put them in so they can actually get in and get to them. Because snails are difficult for them, especially if they're not full grown. Alician AS, Bolivian rams are Alto Spinosa. Oh, different species than Ramirezite. Didn't I, did I get that wrong? I thought that we were talking about two, the gold um, ram in the, oh, I must have got that wrong in my head. Yeah, in that case, I don't know. Let me scroll up and see that ram one. I, I butchered that answer if I did not realize that one of those. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, Rosie. I have one gold ram, so that would be Ramirez. I would like to add two Bolivian rams. In my head, what happened was I was thinking the gold morph of the, what we call the blue German ram or the Ramirez eye and the regular looking Ramirez eye. Somehow I got Bolivian. It didn't even get in my head. Good point. I don't know. I've never kept Bolivian rams with um, Alta Spinosa with Ramirez eye. Um, I've never done that. I'm so glad you caught that, that air. Um, thank you so much, Alicia, for letting me know that I, I call it camera brain. There's something about being in front of a camera talking and trying to manage all the chat and keep the thing flowing and do everything that, that you do on this end that just makes you kind of dumb. Like you're thinking about so many things at once that there's some details you just drop. And that was an important detail, and I dropped it. So thanks for picking that up for me. Okay, I think it's time to do the giveaway. There's 218 people here, and I noticed last time that lots of people showed up in the last five minutes or so, um, hoping to sneak in and enter the giveaway. So I want to reward people that aren't doing that, that have been here uh, for longer and aren't just showing up at the very end trying to, you know, get some easy pickings. So I'm going to do it right now. So this giveaway is for a group of um, aquarium plants. The specific group is listed in the description. Provided by Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist Facebook group. They're providing all the giveaways for the entire month of May. Um, thank you for doing that. That's awesome. It's so awesome to have someone come in and be like, yeah, I'll do a month. <laughs> it's a it's a group that's very active and the the tenor of the group seems to be pretty upbeat like people are 
helping each other out and, and having good discussions as opposed to just, you know, yelling and screaming and pulling each other's hair out like can happen on other Facebook groups. So I think it's a decent group. So thanks to them for providing the plans for today's giveaway. And if you're looking for an online Facebook group about aquariums to join, this appears to be a good option to look into. Anyway, without further ado, the winner of this plant pack is Emperor of Tang. Emperor of Tang, you've got a minute to chime, two minutes, sorry, to chime in and let us know that you're here because you do have to be present to win. And then we will uh, get you, tell you how to claim your winnings. Joseph, I'm sorry, Samuel Joseph Fernald. Have you ever seen Pseudogastromyzon laticeps, the purple fin hill stream loach in the flesh? That's a bucket list fish for me. No, um, I don't think I've seen that particular species, but let's take a look-see. Let's go on a field trip together. All right, class, here's the field trip. We're looking for this fish. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Woo! That looks slightly photoshopped to me, but this one looks... I have not seen that one in the flesh, no. But how cool is that? If that's even it. It's, it's hard to... Just on the fly. Here we go. Well, it looks like if you want to go through the import rigger, you can get them for eight bucks each. That's a cool fish, though. I mean, by the time you import them, they'll be 30, but... Ah, oh, I'm going to write that one down. Hang on, folks. I want to write this down and look into this one further. Gastromyzon laticeps. So that's cool. Samuel, that is a cool fish. Thanks for bringing that one to my attention. I Not only have I not seen it in the flesh, I, I'm not sure I was even aware of it till just now. Man, my chair keeps rolling. There's <laughs> a Florida slight slant here. I just keep finding myself going like, and then the other day I was going to the... Da, da, da. Oh, whoops, I'm off screen. Like, it's just rolling off. <laughs> Joseph Morshimer, I have, or it's probably Morshimer, huh? I would say Morshimer. My guess, Joseph, is Morshimer. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I have four African butterflies with four marble hatchets, all full grown with some floating cover in the top of my 55 tall. Yeah, sounds good. Has anyone here tried adding an African butterfly to a tank that already had established African butterfly fish in it? Um, knowing that, if that went okay, would would help us uh, help the uh, the commenter above that was wondering if they could add some to their already established, you know, their tank with already that already has an established. Let's get the words out that already has an established African butterfly fish in it. Scotty the fish freak, I'm doing good with Fundula Panchak Spore and Burr guy, but not 25 pair good. Oh. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. Well, Scotty, I mean, if you if you're it couldn't hurt. Send me an email, info. Um, not info. Hello, h e l l o at dancefish.com. Uh, let me know what you do have, and we can go from there. 
Alright, let's see. Emperor of Tang has not claimed their winnings. And it's been over two minutes. It's been three and a half minutes. So that means that we need to pick a new winner. Carmo's Creations, you have won the plant pack from Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist. Um, you have two minutes to chime in and claim your winnings, and we will go from there. ABC Aquatic Biotope Creations, I've got 20 bluefin killifish coming in next week that we'll be breeding. If that's something you would be interested in in the future. Yeah, I love, I love uh, that fish a lot. Uh, is that Lacania Goodyear? Let's take a field trip here. Uh, oh, I can't. What is that? Bluefin kill. I'm a little embarrassed. I can't remember the name of that. Lucania Goodyear. Oh, I just typed it in wrong. But this is the fish we're talking about, folks. It's a native fish from the southeast United States. And it's a, a beautiful little killifish. There's another one in the genus called Parve, the rainwater killie. Or Parva, sorry. I thought it was Parva A. Parva. Which is this guy. I've never seen this one in person, but the Goodyear, yeah. The Goodyear I've had. But yeah, I'd be interested in that. If anyone's breeding Fundalus Zebrenis, um, I have to find out. I have to make sure they're legal in my state because they might be native to my state on the far eastern edge. I have to look into that. But that's one I really like. The Desert Shadow. Oh, sorry, The Desert Shadow. As soon as I said your name, chat jumped. <laughs> Let me scroll up and see. There it is. <laughs> I'll get to you in a moment. Let's see here. All right. Karma's Creations is present and accounted for. Um, so you have won. Please send us an email to hello at dancefish.com send an email to h-e-l-l-o at dancefish.com say I'm Carmos Creations I won the plant package and we will forward that to the IO Aquatic Hobbyists and uh, you guys can arrange shipping and all that get that worked out congratulations on winning thanks for playing thanks again to uh, the IO Aquatic Hobbyists Facebook group for, for providing the items for this month's giveaway good on you Okay, now back to The Desert Shadow. Sounds like a book that would be published by Tor Publishing. Although I've been away, I've kept up on the warehouse. It looks awesome. So excited for you. Me too! It's killing me. I'm not in there yet. Gotta get that uh, micro bubble remover. Gotta get the parts in and get it installed. Nobody's gonna sell you a $5 fish worth $20 when you're charging top dollar on Aquabid. Stick to your wholesalers. The fish fan breeders aren't your market. Not in general. You're right. Uh, Canisteo Valley Cichlids. You're right. In general. But there are hobbyists that do breed in bulk and want to sell in bulk. And I've done business with several of them. So it's worth shouting out and saying, hey, you want to do it? Because some people do. If, you, if you've got like... A large number of a species and you've saturated your local market then and you don't like you know have another outlet for them then you'd be surprised how many people actually want to do that um, yeah so you're actually wrong people do but you're right it's not a, it's not a lot of people 
But it's worth shouting out because every time I do, I get contacted by a few folks. In fact, during the beginning of the whole COVID pandemic thing, when no one in the world was flying anywhere and everything was locked down, every, like no flights were going anywhere, um, the only way I could get fish was from hobbyist breeders. And uh, we, we got lots of fish that way. So you're right in general, but wrong in, uh, in certain side cases. Orange cones, would there be any issue with keeping marble and platinum hatchet fish together? Not that I know of. Um, I don't think so. I think that they'd be fine together. I haven't tried it, but nothing about what I've observed with either species makes me think that there would be any kind of problem. Little Bobby, hello! New Mexico Aquatics, this week... I added eight Pseudomugil Gertrude to a heavily planted 75-gallon. The tank also has a few bristlenose and some cherry shrimp. The blue eyes are beautiful, just saying. I'm, I'm glad that you got some Gertrude. They are fun little fish. Glad to hear that, little Bobby. Patricia Klopel, any plant giveaway tonight requires CO2? If so, which ones? I don't even know enough about plants to answer that, but from what I saw on that list, um, I don't think any of those would. Could someone here chime in and let Patricia know better than I can? Because <laughs> I, I seriously know nothing about plants. Paul Soltero. Hey, Paul. Good to see you. Bolivian rams like their water consi considerably cooler than... G yes, German blue rams. I agree. So it would be tough to keep them together long term. Yes, I absolutely agree. Yep. Yeah, I wish I hadn't had camera brain when I responded to that comment. <laughs> Sorry about that again, Rosie. It does happen with me, though, for sure. Just so much to pay attention to when you're running a stream like this. I mean, thank goodness for my mods, or I'd really be lost. So thanks again, guys, for being here doing what you do. <laughs> Orange Cones wants a real field trip. Well, come on over. I'll, I'll take you up on the mountains. We'll go fly fishing. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, I have, I have done addition of a new butterfly fish to an established butterfly. Okay, good. This, is, this might answer our question. I would try two more to the one, do a water change, and change up the surface decker with a floating plant. Okay. So you're saying put add two instead of one because then the, there's not going to be a single target. And if you change up the surface and everything, you'll you know, change things up so it's not quite as territorial, perhaps, if it was. If it had established a territory, we've kind of disturbed that and made room for some changes. So it's, we're, we're talking about kind of some of the tricks we do with cichlids there. Um, Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, was there any aggression? Was like for a couple days were there issues and then they settled down? Or was it like smooth sailing the whole time when you, when you did that? Dennis Christensen, yes, I had two males and added one female African butterfly to try and breed them. And success. Oh, you did breed them, it sounds like. Fed them insects and they bred. This was 30 years ago. Dennis, that's awesome. That's awesome. So it sounds like it can be done. It sounds like you can add African butterfly fish to an established butterfly fish without without any trouble. Cool. I mean, maybe do those tricks that uh, Mountaintop Puffer Keeper suggested. That's, that's smart to do anytime you're adding new fish to an established system. That's just smart to do, period. Change it up a bit and uh, spread aggression a little bit. Bunny Viper, hello. 
Hello, hello. Could small scale archers, small scale and clouded archers cohabitate together? All right, thank you. I think they could, Bunny Viper, but I've never tried it, so I'm hesitant to say. But I think that they'd probably treat each other as if they were the same species, would be my guess. But again, I've never tried it. I don't know. And I don't know anyone that has tried that. That would be an edge case, anyone that would have both of those and had put them together. If that person exists in the chat, chime in, let, let us know so we can help Bunny Viper out. But I'm guessing that person um, probably doesn't exist. <laughs> Samuel Joseph Fernald, all nine of the Pseudomaster Geisman species are hard to find in the U.S. They're the most colorful family in Hillstream Loaches. Wonder why they aren't more popular. I bet it has to do with supply chains. Just There's a lot of great fish out there and there's no, uh, no infrastructure to get them to us. Uh, that happens all the time. But yeah, I used to keep, was it Chennai? Pseudogastromize on Chennai. Now I've got to look. Okay, field trip. Here you go, orange cones. Here's your field trip. Not to the woods, but at least to the internet. <laughs> well, let's just do this. Chennai. This was one of my favorites because it had the red and the dorsal fin. Yeah, this guy. I've kept these guys before. They were super fun. Fun little pseudogastromizon. Get this nice red on the dorsal fin. Um, I like them a lot. And I might have kept one or two other species of pseudogastromizons, but not that many. Ira Nelson answers the CO2 question. Those plants do not require CO2. Ira has had most of them. Good to know. I kind of figured most of them seemed um, like stuff maybe even I could keep. <laughs> if I can keep it, anyone, anyone at all, can keep it. Um, I want to let people know again that Punchy Paints is going uh, at about 9 o'clock my time, so in about 38 minutes. If you want more fish talk and, uh, and some fine art, some highbrow art, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Western Wyoming art. It's good stuff. I like it. Um, then check out... Um, Punchy Paints, a.k.a. Pam, who's going next. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. They chase each other all the time at night on the infrared camera. I never notice any damage when adding new butterfly fish into the group if I change the top up and change the water. Okay, good to know. That is good to know. Yes, Punchy Brows Paints, we are going highbrow art. We want a painting that we look at, can't tell what it is, and think that a five-year-old could have done it. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no problem with the expressionistic art. Or I have an appreciation for abstract art, but it fit at the time. All right, with that, we're going to close this sucker down. I want to start by thanking my moderators for being here and doing what they do every week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for making this uh, the stream run smoothly. I want to thank everyone that threw money at us. Thanks for the super chats. Always appreciated, never required, but every little bit does help as we kind of, you know, get this company up and running at scale. We're a little startup, and so we don't turn away any help at this point. Um, want to thank everyone that chimed in, discussed, chatted, asked questions, uh, set me straight uh, when I forgot about the black Venezuelan quarries and the six orange Venezuelan quarries that I needed to add to the year's shipping tally. Thank you for letting me know. Sorry, I forgot about those. Um, so 35 is our number. We've sold $100,000 worth of fish so far this year, 
and we have lost 35, which I think is, you know, it's not as good as 28, but it's a darn good number. I think that that's, I don't want to lose any, but the number will never be zero. Just the statistics don't work like that. But 35, it's pretty darn good. Um, I want to thank Iowa Aquatic Hobbyist Facebook group for providing the giveaways for today's stream and providing them for the entirety of this month, which is very generous of them. So thanks for that. And uh, everyone that's lurking, hail the Lurker Nation. If you're watching the replay, hello from, I always want to say hello from the future, but it's more like hello from the past, isn't it? Hello from another time. <laughs> and if you're listening on the replay, uh, no, I mean, and if you're listening on the podcast, geez, I have camera brain bad. I must need another drink. Mm. All my worries are gone now. If you're listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. And thanks to Michael Mellier for making the podcast possible. Okay, I'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.